You're listening to In These Streets, real conversations about dating as a Christian. Roxana and Adrian are your guides, and they interview people to help you navigate dating as a person of faith. Okay, so let's let's make introductions first. Go for it. Kim, what else did you guys want to know? Yeah, your age and your current dating status. I am 38 years old and married. And then how long have you been dating? So not your current spouse, but also dating, meaning your mom didn't have to drop you off at the mall. Mm-hmm. I started dating at like 16, got married at 35. Nice. A while. Decades. You got some experience yeah. on these streets, man. <laughs> you got some serious experience. Um, I'm Matt. I'm 37. Am I 37? You know, your mid-30s is weird. Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm 37. you're 37. And how long have I been? I'm married. Uh, how long have I been dating? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think since I was like, yeah. 13 or 14 years old. That sounds about right. Wow. Mom dropping me off at the at the mall. At the okay. Mall. We'll say 16 because yeah. I have to be able to like drive. Drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if y'all can see my I'm like shocked. 13. Anyway, go I'm ahead. He's a late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. He's always had girlfriends. Mm, mm-hmm. Ever since I lost all that weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jenny. I'm 40. <laughs> um was a big year. <laughs> And um, I am married to Matt. To me. Yes. And I started dating pretty solidly when I was about 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Wow. So it's interesting. We sent out a survey at the start of this podcast just asking various people things that aren't necessarily talked about in church or small groups even. And like the number one thing people came back with was intimacy. Mm. So Shocker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, Shocker. So I guess I'm curious, like how would you guys quickly, briefly define that in like 10 seconds? Like what would your definition be of intimacy? And don't necessarily think about it from a Christian perspective, just, just in general. general. So I think intimacy is the desire to be fully seen by somebody. Um, I don't know if that's like a stock Christian answer. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think intimacy is the desire to be seen and like known by somebody fully, like with all your being, I guess. Yeah, I feel the same. Fully seen, fully known. Um, Of course, there are different levels to that, right? Of, Of emotional intimacy physical intimacy, um, yeah, but fully seen and fully known. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hate to piggyback off of everyone, but yeah, I guess that's kind of what I would, I would you know, say the same thing. Um, fully, uh, I, I guess love could be in there a little bit as well, but I guess it would be like another part of, of intimacy. So. All right. Okay. How do you develop intimacy in a dating relationship as a Christian? I know that that's really broad. And it means different things to different people probably, but Mm -hmm. from y'all's perspective. Yeah. I'll ask a follow-up question while you guys are thinking too, or piggyback question off of that is, is it necessary in a dating relationship? Mm -hmm. So 
I'm going to give you a specific scenario of with my now husband. We met across the country in Oregon, and he lived in upstate New York, and I lived here in Virginia. And so the way that we developed intimacy was very forcefully at a distance and could not be physical for a long time, Um, which was pretty amazing in this particular scenario because we had had many incidences of being very physical sooner than we would like in the past, which we felt stunted the emotional intimacy. The physical intimacy too soon stunted the emotional intimacy. And so um, the way that I developed intimacy with my husband specifically was a lot of many hours of phone conversation, asking each other every single question known to man and just getting to know each other's hearts, you know, like how he thinks, what he feels, how he would react in a certain situation, learning about his childhood, learning the reasons why he did certain things or does certain things, Um, just sharing with each other, sharing with each other hopes and dreams and what we wanted for our lives, what our desires were. Um, So that was really the way that we developed intimacy early on. Um, And then, of course, you know, as we traveled to see one another there, we can go into different things of physical intimacy there as well. But of course, as I said, I believe that there's emotional, there's physical intimacy. Um, But for us, it was really, really important to develop that level of emotional intimacy first. And it was spending a lot of time in conversation. Hmm. (laughs) Should we tell them how not to do it? I mean, yeah. Feel, yeah. Jenny I, and I are the married couple people come to to ask. Yeah. <laughs> we did a lot of things very backwards. Um, and I think it, a lot of it had to do with us, uh, with a lot of hurt from past relationships. And, like, our intimacy, I mean, we we started off, like, running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you agree? Yeah. We definitely ran before we walked. Um, and we, you know... We we lived together before we were married. We were we were ministry leader. What should I not tell everybody? <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like we, people know. I talk about it on stage here. Yeah. Okay. Um. I you know we were leading a ministry together and like secretly living together. You know, secretly mm-hmm. sleeping together. Yeah. And, I mean, we were having sex. Yeah, having sex <laughs> and stuff. So, um, but I think if I had it. I never want to say if I had it to do over again because here we are, right? Like we've been married for 15 years. And so I, it's not if I had it to do over again, but like if I could give, I guess, us advice, our old selves advice, I think that's a fairer thing. Yeah. I would say like in dating relationships, you know, especially as a Christian, I think it's more trying to determine is this somebody I want to be intimate with? And that's not just like physical, because you can have sex with somebody and not experience intimacy. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, you know, intimacy is what happens, you know, before and after that. <laughs> um, and so I, I would I would say it's more like, I don't know if it's net, I don't know if it's necessary while you're dating to experience intimacy in any large quantity as much as it is to like figure out, is this somebody who I want to show myself? Like to see, is this somebody I want to see me completely? Mm. 
I don't know. Would you disagree? No, no, I would agree with that. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what I would add on to that mm-hmm. because I don't know, like just the, the starting off running like was and like very difficult. Um, and I think that it left a lot of like baggage, yeah. um, later on in our relationship, but yeah, I don't know what, what else I would add. Yeah. And I, I don't want that to come across as like a, so remember to wait till you're married kids. Like it's really, it's more like, I just think it's better. I don't know. I just think it's better to figure out because otherwise you do keep the baggage. Like we were unpacking baggage five years into our marriage that could have been, (laughs) yeah, 10 years into our marriage that could have been already unpacked and put away. I know what I was going to (laughs) say. I don't ever feel like we dated. Like Mm. there was no, like we didn't, we didn't really date and like establish, like we didn't have a slow start and establish anything. It was just like, oh my gosh, we love one another. Yeah. Here we are. There was always sort of a feeling that very Christian thing of like, we've, we always joke we felt like we were being, like, put together in some way. Or, you know, it was kind of like you go to the church camp and, like, oh, look, there's another weirdo, so I guess we're going to date because, like, they're, you're, you're weird and Yeah, like and some kind of spotlight shines on them and you're like, that's my, yeah. that's my yeah. person. That's my yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to call you all out for a second and challenge this conversation that we're having. So what about for all the folks who are single right now and have fears because they have married friends and they're like, I get what you guys are saying, Kim, like emotional intimacy is really important before physical intimacy. And you guys are like, Hey, we didn't do it right. Like I wish we would have waited. And then you got people who are confessing to their single friends, like the sex sucks. Like we have no way of building intimacy. We're five years in and like, not only does intimacy suck the before and after the sex, but the, also the middle sucks. Like the sex sucks. I thought I was going to get blowjobs every day. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, I mean, blowjobs on both sides. I'm not even just talking about that. Like, <laughs> we all we were, I have some mechanical questions about that. Later. We all thought we were getting blown. <laughs> like, we all, you know what I mean? So for us as, for us as believers, for believers that are listening and for Christians that are listening, but even for those who are not, how do you determine whether you want to be seen by this person and then how do you deal with the fact that there are a lot of folks that we know that are like the intimacy, it's not a light switch, guys. Like, yeah. So how do you build that up so that you're prepared to have intimacy in marriage and you're not just waiting for it for 5, 10, 15 years when you're married? Roxana, you're going to take some Well, time. yeah, just that there is this pressure or no sex before marriage in the Christian community. But then when you get married, yeah. it's on. Yeah. So like... I think you said flipping just a light kidding switch. it's yeah. not flipping on. a light switch yeah. how do you actually yeah I personally think that there's a lot of and people feel free to disagree with me but I feel like there's a lot of baggage that comes from the church on this particular topic so I had sex before marriage in multiple other relationships as did my husband and when we got together we wanted to do it right do it right. I'm doing air quotes Mm -hmm. for those on the podcast. Um, Do it right. And so we did not want to have sex with each other before we got married. And we're, I am very grateful that we did that, but it had a different kind of baggage. And the different kind of baggage I'm talking about right now is that 
exactly what you're just saying, that I was expecting for there to just be bliss. Mm. The moment that we got married and we could have sex and, and it wasn't blissful. It wasn't blissful. You know, it was this, um, I, I'm still, you know, I've been married for three years, almost four. And as you know, Matt and Jenny were saying, I'm still unpacking years of baggage and junk where I still feel like I cannot allow sex to be a joyful, you know, um, fully seen, fully known experience because I've got years of shame that's Mm -hmm. imprinted in me. Um, not just from past relationships, but around sex in general within the context Mm -hmm. of the Christian church. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, the church talks a lot about, you know, like has split mind from body, which I think is very artificial because Jesus really is, the whole thing is the incarnation. Jesus came and was fully human. And and the full human experience is what Jesus is concerned with. So for me, this false split has really created this, this um, split within ourselves where we feel like the, the desires, the pleasure, the, the carnal, if you would, that all of that is lower and that's not spiritual. And it is very spiritual. It's intensely spiritual. And so this false split then creates this schism within yourself when you can finally participate in that, where you're like, oh, no, no, this is still bad. This is still bad. And there's a lot of deprogramming that needs to happen because you're supposed to be able to enjoy it. It's meant to be a beautiful, wonderful thing, right? Yeah. I don't even where I know where I took this or where I came from, but <laughs> I don't that remember your question, but that was, good. that was just... It was. So you got... it. So you mentioned about half of it. It's... So how do you establish that in a dating relationship when you're not married to someone yet and you're not one with them? And so to your point of the shame, like... How do you set yourself up when you're dating someone to say, we're not going to participate in something that scripture says not to, but I also need to reprogram or eliminate these things that cause me to have shame and to set me up for a poor intimacy, sex or emotional intimacy or everything in between when you go into a marriage? And we're also, we're also assuming that everybody on here... We, we are speaking as if everyone who's dating has the goal of marriage. We know that that's not true. Right. So we're talking in the context of those who are dating who have the goal of more marriage. What do you think, Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about this. Um, basically because I felt shame for so long. Um, I, because I was in a lot of relationships where... Um, when when I became a Christian, um, I kind of fell into this, like, legalistic sort of um, group uh, of folks. And so I, I really beat myself up about it for a very long time um, after I did start having um, sex in a couple of relationships that I was in. And I think it wasn't until I became a mom mm-hmm. that I really kind of, like, found my chutzpah (laughs) like and and really started working on a lot of those things and um really kind of like pulling it together and being like hey like this 
you know, being able to be intimate in a relationship, like, kind of went next level as I kind of found myself as a mom mm-hmm. and um, and became a little more of a feminist, I guess, um, a, a Christian feminist, <laughs> would I dare say? Yeah. I don't I don't know. Oh, dare say it. I yeah. am a Christian feminist. <laughs> <laughs> Me three. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, and... I, I would I would say I've evolved a little bit. Yeah. Like I've I I have always had intimacy problems. Um, a a lot from a past relationship that I had had where I I was I was kind of like duped into intimacy um, with a guy I was dating and like told it you know oh it's okay to do these things you know because I trusted him and like I looked to him as like. You know, like I said, I was very legalistic, um, and I was like, "Oh, you, you know, you're you're leading this relationship as as the Christian man," and um, and so I I feel like I was really duped in that a bit, and it made me feel like really insecure, and so like that was a lot that we had to work through, I think. Um, yeah. But I don't. Sometimes I'm like. I, I, and I say this to some of our friends too that are in their twenties that are dating. I'm like, if you if you have sex, I'm like, don't beat yourself up about it. And I, I don't know. I kind of like hold this because I made a lot of those mistakes and I beat myself about up about it for so very long and like tons of therapy and working through a lot of that. And I think that people get in situations where they're like dang that happened and I would I don't know yeah. I would I would say it's not it's not worth you know dwelling in that for so long yeah because I think that so to answer your question I don't know that we have <laughs> better than I did <laughs> no I mean I don't think that there's a clean answer of how do you build intimacy if your goal is to wait how do you build in- intimacy so that what you don't get is the like oh Everybody told me it was going to be magic if I waited and that was going to be the payoff. And like, it's not We're yeah, we're five years in or whatever. And it's still, I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, any sex is something that as you alluded to is like the joining of the body and the soul. So it's a very spiritual, like our sexuality is like where our, our non-tangible self and our, and our tangible self meet it's a very like incarnational thing mm, I love that. and if you think about other stuff that's like that you know jesus we don't have an account that that jesus had sex but something that he did do a lot of was like go off by himself and we can assume that he was like meditating and meditation is also or or contemplation is also a place where you're you bring your body to the prayer right like you bring your body to the spiritual aspect of your life and those two things meet there and the funny thing is is like you would never expect, I don't think you would, like, you would never expect to go try to meditate for the first time and, like, become the Buddha. Like, you wouldn't, like, (laughs) nobody reaches transcendence on their first, like, whatever, you know, meditation, you know, attempt. So in the same way, like, we should definitely more readily teach people that, yeah, your first, that first, that the wedding night or whatever, like, if you do wait, that first act after the wedding or whatever is there's no magic to it like it's a discipline like you're you're learning a discipline and like we I feel like our culture obviously 
frames sex as the ultimate freedom. Like it's where you can finally cut loose and be yourself. And there's some of that that's true. It's like this is where you can be naked with another person. But a lot of that is not like there's but, so much like shame that's involved in it. Totally. I feel like as, especially as as Christians, I feel yeah. like there is way more yeah. involved in that. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're right. I, I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about like the, the whole like wedding night, like yeah, mm-hmm. um, and like what that's supposed to be like. And I like I just I I had a I had a friend growing up that she um, she came to me afterwards, um, like after she had been married for a while, and she was like, "No one told me these like things, and yeah. no one told me, you know." to go pee after I have sex. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, like, so you do don't get a UTI. Yeah. yeah, so you don't get yeah. a UTI. And, sure, like, yeah. sorry, oh, that was juice. really... My parents are probably going to listen to this. I'm like, I, I don't know <laughs> I'm what really that means. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I worked with, um, in women's health for a little while, so yeah. <laughs> I know way too many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, like, the fact that there were just, like, a lot of these things, like, floating around and... Like, she just didn't know. And it was because a lot of women, she didn't talk to women about it. Yeah. And, like, there's just, like, this stigma about how, I don't know. And, yeah. 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 Sorry I cut you off. No, that's okay. (laughs) And I I was also going to say, as you guys are continuing, not to interrupt you, but to say we are are talking about physical intimacy, so sex and everything else, but also – people feeling uncomfortable with being vulnerable in their relationships. So also the emotional intimacy that they're like, that still hasn't come. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know what I would really like to say, what's coming to mind to me as a way to prepare yourself for intimacy. How, how do you prepare yourself for intimacy as a single person? What I would really love to sum it up as is, is really get like, what I would really love to say to somebody is that your desires are normal. And, and good even, and that, and that having like physical lust for someone and wanting to have sex, that isn't your body doing something wrong or bad. That is your body doing what it's supposed to be doing. Right. For sure. And so being able to, to take that stigma and that shame away and realize that, oh, like it doesn't just suddenly get cut on when, when I meet my person and I can have sex now. No, it's, it's been there the whole time and it's going to be there and that's a good thing, right? So being able to, to take away that stigma and that shame and yes, we want to be able to express those things in a healthy way and a life-giving way for you and for the other person involved, a thousand percent. But I think that we can spend so much time fighting ourselves and, and thinking like, oh, something is bad and wrong with me because I have these desires and they just don't seem to go away no matter what I do. Well, yeah, because they're not supposed to go away because you're human, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that also, I think that, that needs to be communicated to women a lot more. I was just going to say that. I was like, for women... That is like the biggest thing. Yeah, I'm like, can what is going to be edited out? It's going to get me fired. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay. Nothing's going to be edited out. Because I mean, there's absolutely zero, and I want you to be completely honest. Yeah, that's what this is for. Yeah. Cool. Um. So, and having a young son right now, I mean, we are getting to the point where we're like going to have to start talking to him about like masturbation and like things like that. Do girl like young? 
young girls ever, you know, do they get... Never talked about. Never talked about. Yep. Yeah, and I had... And that's a lot of unhealthy stuff for me came, came, you know, as I, like, became a more sexual person, I feel like, and was more comfortable with my body and having sex and... Yeah, I mean, I think that our... Like, I was going to say this earlier. Our sex life didn't really start until until we had a kid. Yeah. Oh, like, I, I, don't, it I was, would absolutely agree. It was perfunctory until then. Yeah. Wow. Because I, we didn't know what we were doing. We, well, and because you didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I was living under the illusion that, like, once you marry a good Christian woman, it's just wild all the time. You know, it's just so, God's going to bless your sex that, life and it's going to be great time. all the time. And yep. I was like, well. Not true. Not true. Not true. And you didn't know anything about your body. I didn't. I and mean, I was like, scared of my body. Yeah. Because... Because someone had used my body right. in a bad way, right. you know, and I had all this baggage from it. And you'd never been taught about it. Like yes. you're talking no. about the masturbation Women are thing. not taught. No. And, and, then we, and then you go into a marriage and you haven't learned what brings you pleasure. So how are you going to communicate that to another Absolutely. person? Yeah. You're also not oh, taught yes. to communicate it. Right. You're, you're, right. It's like a mind yes. reading. Apparently yes. it's like, because, Yeah. And to add, women are supposed to be silent, silent yeah. and not and, make and, any noise, right? And, yeah. and to communicate yeah. pleasures. <gasps> and, so and, that, to, and to add to that, men are also communicated that if a woman is doing that in the relationship, then there's something that's a red flag for you, also. So I just want to call that out. Like in Christian community, if a man heard you talking about your sexuality in that way and saying like, "Well, I think right. I want this or whatever," they're like, "Well, that's a red flag." Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the only She's place because yeah. the only place a male sees a woman saying what she wants is in pornography. Right. So exactly. if she yes. says what she wants. She's one of those girls. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So do you think, since we brought up pornography, um, do you think that helps or hurts intimacy? I, I think, think it, it destroys absolutely destroys intimacy. It. Yeah. I mean, I think it, no. I don't. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always down to be cool. disagreed with. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I no, mean, not I think, on this front. No. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's an absolute napalm to to your to your ability to be intimate. It's the opposite, I think. Yeah. Well, I was going to say to that point, you you guys brought this up earlier, but this idea of lust and does lust hurt or help intimacy? We're I, taught we're taught that lust is a sin. I th- I think so. I'm, I play, would, I'm playing devil's advocate yeah. a little bit, and I so I'm I'm very careful. I'm like a words guy. So, like, I, I understand that we're all just, you know, sometimes you just have to, like, shorthand things to just get through a conversation. So. But I think we should be very careful about, like, even saying the word intimacy. We've we've even in this room done it where we kind of are using it for a term at, for sex. But, like, it really is different. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can have sex with no intimacy, yeah. right? And in the same way, I think, you know, we use the word desire. I think desires are good. I think lust is a desire overextended. Mm. Um, And I think that something I was going to say earlier was, you know, women are not taught about, you know, that these desires are good and, and, you know, there's so much shame put on women. But I think we also need to realize that, like, those things can't be taught in the same way to men because of the power differential. Like, men, there's a control aspect there. Like, if you teach, if you said a young man and a young woman down and teach them the same thing about sex, they're going to hear two very different things. I mean, hell, if you put any two people, you know, like if you, 
if you interview two witnesses at the same crime, they're going to give you two totally different, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to tailor, like, how we talk about this with young people, I think, especially to the person. Like, using... I don't know, whatever, the Enneagram, something, like, to, to figure out, like, well, what kind of person are you and, like, how are you hearing what I'm saying? Because one, one kid could take away, you know, what you're meaning, and then another kid could take away, like, oh, okay, cool, so if she doesn't say anything, then, like, we're good, right? It's like, no, <laughs> silence is often not consent, right? Does that make sense? Like, we don't, we should, we should be teaching different, like, women need more confidence and, like, less shame. Men don't need more shame, but they also need more responsive, like, more like, yo, this is a responsibility. Like, you have a responsibility to make sure that your partner isn't just being quiet or maybe isn't just, like, saying yes and not meaning it or whatever, like, to, to communicate. Does that make sense? What yeah. yeah. Trying to yeah. say? And consenting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, consent is sacred and also it can be complicated. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think one thing, to kind of go back to that original question, but also it ties into a lot of what we're talking about for me is like, what do you do to like prepare to build good intimacy? So if intimacy is wanting to be fully seen, what do you want people to see? Like if you don't know yourself, you can't know another person, Mm. right? Like (laughs) if you don't have good, like if you don't know, you know, part of my job is like going through people's Enneagram like scores. If the listeners know it's like a system of personality, right? It's not magic. It's, like, not that special or whatever, but it just, like, helps you to have self-clarity. Like, who are you? And the thing I always tell people is, like, because they say, well, why are we doing this weird witchy thing at church, right? Like, <laughs> this is new age, right? And I'm, you know, my answer is always, well, you know, Jesus told us to love our neighbor as ourself. Like, he could have worded that any way he wanted. He could have said, love your neighbor the way I love you, love your neighbor as you love God. But he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you don't know yourself, you can't love yourself. And if you can't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. If I don't know who I am going into a marriage, how am I supposed to know, be known? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, work on, if you want good intimacy in your marriage and good sex and all that other stuff, it's almost not even as much about like knowing the other person. It's about knowing yourself and finding somebody who's also interested in self-clarity and also interested in self-study and self-assessment. So that then when it's time to reveal yourselves to one another, you're revealing the real you. Does that make sense? Is yeah, it totally like makes heady? sense. Yeah. I was thinking about a follow-up question. It's a little bit loaded, so this will probably be our last one because we'll spend a little bit of time unpacking this one. Is So how – everything that you guys said, like let's say that someone's doing it right, right? And so they're saying, hey, I'm preparing for this level of intimacy in marriage in my dating relationship. And then we break up. Mm. What should intimacy look like so that you are prepared for marriage, but also for a breakup? Sorry. (laughs) I feel like, especially being the only man in the room, I'm like, am I doing the thing? Yeah, am I doing the explaining thing? One of the things, no, no, but one of the things that's really important to Roxana and I is that male perspective is, because a lot of times women get around a table and talk about dating and then just like bash men or like, this is what they're doing wrong. So we want to make sure that like. I would also bash men. Um, (laughs) Myself included. I think that it's the same answer, right? Like, if you're, if you're doing all the right things to prepare for this and, 
you break up um, and your whole world comes apart, you were more interested in learning about the other person than you were learning about yourself. Whereas if your intent is, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want self-clarity so that I can present the best version of me to this other person, and then that other person decides that's not what they want, you come out the other end, heartbreak. I mean, like, there's not, you're not going to get away from the pain of, like, the rejection of a breakup. So, you know. But you're going to come out of the other end of that, not shattered, but rather thinking, like, man, that relationship was such a great opportunity for me to learn more about myself. I'm this much more ready for the next person. Hopefully my next dance partner will also want to know about themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and kind of, like, going to our relationship, I feel like when we dated, got engaged, got married, we didn't have any of that. We were cartoon versions of ourselves. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so... We didn't know who we were at pretty all. Pretty much. Um, and we... Changing like 2D, like... <laughs> Essentially, yes. Yeah. And so when we started out, we didn't, you know, like we had no basis to kind of like move forward. And that yeah. made it hard for us to like... We had to work so much harder at everything yeah. um, because of that. Yeah, because we now had another person to drag through, drag through the mud yes. instead of walking through the mud alone and then cleaning up and getting married. We yeah. just dragged mm -hmm. each other yeah. through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then it's like, how do you, like, we didn't really have anyone to kind of, like, show us how to do that either. Other no, than yeah. We got married fairly young. Yeah, and then we didn't have, like, a church or anything. Yeah. That we're involved in, so. Yeah. I did break up with my husband. Mm. Mm. So I did go through that. Give us the um, full tea. Well, I didn't break up. We, well, we broke up. I'm trying to think who did, who did it. It didn't matter. It was mutual. But um, it was awful. Absolutely awful. Um, and, and as Matt was saying, it felt soul crushing and world ending and all of the things, but ultimately, um, so clarifying as he was saying, I, I really feel, you know, I wish I could have disagreement just to make this a little bit more lively, but I, I really agree with what he's saying and that if, and when that does happen, if you have shown up as your true self and with that goal of, I want to get to know me in relationship. Like, who am I when I'm relating to another person um, in this intimate fashion, working towards marriage? Um, what are my little idiosyncrasies and relating patterns that come up as I'm in, in a deeper level of intimacy with somebody? Hmm, isn't this interesting how this hits this button and I feel fear crop up in me? Um, you know, that you can take those things and if you put that all out on the table, no holds barred, and either you or the other person says, you know what, this isn't for me. Like this isn't what ultimately I feel best serves me or you moving forward. How can we take that as anything other than as in service? right? When it doesn't feel in service is when you have held something back that is your true authentic self and, or they've done the same. And then you're not able to make that, that clarifying decision. 
of this isn't for me. You can't do that if you haven't been, if you haven't been true, if you haven't put all of your cards on the table. But if you have, then it's this beautiful release, so to speak, of like, okay, yeah, now I know with clarity in my heart that this wouldn't have worked. And so it, I, this, I will be much better served with a different partnership or whatever it may be, you know? So I would just say having that clarity, as Matt was saying, bringing that in, the clarity of who you are, the clarity of what you need in relationship, um, the clarity of whether or not this person, no one is going to meet all your needs, but does this feel like a match? You know, does it feel like something that you can both work with on both sides going both ways and just having that clarity, either yay or nay. And if not, of course it's still going to hurt, but it's not that sting of, I don't know. And what could have been, and maybe it's just this clarity of no, Mm -hmm. you know? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I would never take back the years that we did, you know, have early in our relationship, but there, there are times where I really would have loved to have really known myself better and known who I was um, instead of having to kind of like come into that after being, a, you know, becoming a mom yeah. and such. Um, so I think that sometimes that's a gift, like, you know, breakups are hard and, but sometimes it's a gift that you get to have more time to like figure out who you are. And so that when you do get into a relationship, get married, you have a better basis to start on um, instead of like constantly trying to like catch up. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of our life together, we've just constantly um, tried to like, you know, keep up and, and, and stay up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's like, you know, we joke sometimes, especially, you know, when we're in groups of other married people with, you know, single people around who are all trying to like hurl, you know, relationship advice at the singles, you know, we always joke like, look, just find somebody else who doesn't want to die alone. That's all you really need to do. <laughs> like, cause there were times for us. We always, my mom, she's we, like, Adrian, just find somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, just find well, somebody. which is flippant. Like, just do it all backwards. It's not a good, yeah, go. <laughs> not a good, but you know, there were times for us where it was really, um, the only thing, I, the other joke we make is like, the only thing we had in common was that we didn't want to get divorced. Mm. But that's like, that's kind of, that's a hard road. Like, that's kind yeah. of like, yeah. if you had to get, if you got to get to the to point B and there's two parallel paths and one of them is covered in broken glass and the other one is covered in rose petals, would you, why would you intentionally choose the broken glass right. one, right? Mm. Right. Like, we didn't know about the rose petal one, so we chose the broken glass one. Um, wasn't that bad, but yeah, I mean, would we have benefited from dating longer? Uh, maybe. maybe Would we have benefited from lots of therapy early on or <laughs> I mean, we would have benefited from all sorts of things. I think it's just one of those things where it's like the, the example I always use from the, since we have a mostly audience of faith, like from the Bible is like Jacob and Esau. Do you really believe that God wanted Jacob to rob his half blind father? Like, is that, you know, God blessed that, and that is, like, what ended up building the nation. But was it that that's what he wanted to happen, or is that 
what happened and then God redeemed it. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. you, it was it part of God. And I guess you can get into like heavy theological stuff, but like, I don't know that it was God's plan for us to do it the way we did it. But like, we, re, we continuously like showed up in a way that said like, I don't, we don't know what we're doing, but we know that we want to honor this marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of stumbled our way through it. But yeah, I mean, I think with the breakup thing too, like if, you hear about people that, oh, we fell out of love, or I don't know what happened, or you're not the person that I married, or whatever. Well, I think a lot of the times with that, it's because you're, you use the term true self. Like, your true self never showed up. Like, your ego married another person's mm, ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when one of you started figuring out who your real self was, all of a sudden you look, you're repulsed by this other person. Mm. They might be a perfectly good person, but you're not married to them. You're married to their false self, right? Or your false self is married to them. Um, so I think self-clarity, like separating the shadow self or the, or the false self yeah. and the true self up front. And you can do this whenever. Like you can do this when you're 20. You can do this. It's probably easier after your brain's fully developed at like 25 or 26. But like, <laughs> you don't have to be like a wise old owl to like do shadow, what they call shadow work or like do this hard work. You can do it when you're 22. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, you can choose the, like, broken glass, <laughs> you know, path. And, and for, I think for you, like, you, you know, in some ways you left your, a, a big chunk of your false self in the, in the, you know, the hospital after that first kid was born. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think I left a big chunk of my false self in that we were talking earlier about how I got in some trouble, like, my false self is still sitting in like a city jail <laughs> cell somewhere. <laughs> um, not all of it. I'm still like, it's a yeah, lifelong process, process of like, yeah, self clarity. But, you know, I think it was after these like traumatic events that we went through together and having a baby is absolutely a traumatic event for everybody. <laughs> that first baby is dramatic. Um, sorry, Cash, if you listen to this later. We love you. It was not traumatic. It's traumatic. It's small t traumatic in that it left a, it leaves a fingerprint on you. Yes. Something I wanted to share really quick before we get to our last question. Matt, you said something that made me think of this. Um, My pastor always shares this story, and it's not his story. He's always quoting someone, but the person he's quoting says, oh, I've been married to my wife for however many years, and she's been with five different men. And the scary part is, is they've all been me. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, Yeah. yeah. But we've talked about so many things tonight. So our last question is, I mean, is there anything you want to share with us that we didn't get a chance to talk about? And I will also piggyback off of that and say, you know, we we think about talking about dating and singleness to people who are in their 20s, but I think the majority of people who are listening to this are, like, actually in their 30s. Or in 40s. Um, in 40s and feeling a little hopeless Yeah. Um, about all the stuff that you're talking about. Like, they're like, yeah, 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 a lot of people went into this blind before their brain developed. Our brains are developed, <laughs> still effing it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know, like, I know. What's going on? So anyway, yeah. So anything that you want to share with those who are listening that we haven't already talked about? I just think what I want to share is just this profound hope that as believers, as Christians, that we would reunite what I believe is Jesus's original intention, and that is for the fullness of our humanity, for mind, for body, for spirit to be one and united. Like this is the meaning of the incarnation. 
you know, I think the Christian faith is meant to be a fully embodied faith. You, you think about communion. You're literally taking physical elements of bread and wine and you are ingesting it and you are taking it in and it's becoming part of you, right? It's this very like blood and bone and, and sweat and flesh. And I think the thing that bothers me so much is that in Christianity, I think we've done this disservice of this split, you know, this dualism, this, this mind from body. Um, and then I just want to tell people that your body and your desires are good and um, that nothing has gone wrong here, you know, um, that, that being human is good and that there's hope. There's hope on the journey of fulfillment of those desires in a, in a honoring way of the fullness of your humanity and the fullness of the other person's humanity. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I would echo that deeply. Um, the incarnational aspects of our faith, I think are so important. I mean, even before Jesus was born in, in the Shema, which is like the you know, out of Exodus, that the Jewish people still pray every day. You love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, and with all your strength. Like, all three are equally important. Um, so that's super important. I think that, like, if there are people who are struggling with... I know for us, one piece of advice that I would have given us, and we were young, but um, is if you are struggling with, like, do we have sex, do we not have sex, we had sex, you know, whatever the sort of mechanics of it, which I think goes so much deeper. One thing that I often tell young couples is like, there's a difference between we've had sex and we're having sex. For us, it was like, I feel like Christianity set up this like in or out, you're in the club or you're out of the club. Well, like you lost your V card, so who cares? Like, just go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, like who cares? Because like you're already out of the club, so you might as well have fun. (laughs) Like you already, you know. Um, You can't sit with us. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. But like that other table over there seems to be having a blast, so... (laughs) Um, yeah, it's really not a like in or out, like, you know, it's not a, you're in the club, out of the club thing. Like you can, but it's also not a, like, you can get your virginity back if you pray to Jesus, you know, like, it's like, you know, whatever. I mean, like not whatever, but you know, if, if you guys, if you and your partner are not married and you're Christians and you've had sex and you don't feel good about it, it's okay if you don't. Again, and it's all, and if you do, you know, if it happens again, there's just, there's a difference between reserving yourself to like, well, I guess we're people who have sex now to like, you know, it happened again. But like, I, I still, I, this is not the rule of our, like this, the rule is, you know, for us personally, not the church rule, but like our personal rule still. I feel like we had a hard time with that. I feel like we were just like, well, the cat's already out of the bag. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We, We did. Yeah, I, and I remember there was a time before we actually got married that we we stopped mm-hmm. because we were like, well, I guess we can wait like a couple months, maybe a <laughs> couple weeks, <laughs> couple days. Um, <laughs> but hilarious. But also, yeah. like, was it that great? No. <laughs> um, I think the other thing, probably in parting, is just reiterating the if. If you are, you know, 30s and 40s and it just feels so frustrating, like, if you work on yourself, Mm -hmm. it's like seek first the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and his righteousness Mm -hmm. and all of these Mm -hmm. other things. The kingdom of God is is in you. Like, you that that 
self-clarity is a big part of that. Um, like, you're made in the image and likeness of God, so to bring the kingdom to earth, to work for his kingdom, to know, is to know yourself better, to know the you that, like, he created, right? It's a, it is not going to eradicate the pain of a breakup or the pain of loneliness of not being able to find the right person. It doesn't wash those things away, but it does, it is in some ways a no-lose scenario. Because if suddenly you're 45 and you are like, you know what, I think I might just be good. Like, I think I may, I'm, maybe I'm a celibate person or like maybe I'm just a person who won't ever get married. If you'd spent the last, you know, 20 years that you'd been dating, working on yourself, you're going to be like a stinking, like monk by the, I mean, like, like you're going to be like Yoda, but you know, at 45 when you've decided, you know, so I don't know. I just wanted to drive home that, like that knowing yourself, um, so that you can be better known by somebody else. Thanks for taking what I was going to say. I wouldn't be like this if it wasn't for you, though. I know. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to say that it's, it's a gift, really, you know, um, so that you don't have to drag all your people. Because, mm. you know, for us, it's not just Matt. It's my kids, too, that I've I've had to kind of, like, drag through all of this with me. Um, So, and, you know, I I always hate this because I'm like, who am I? You know, I got married when I was 25, and I'm like, who am I to, you know, talk to single, you know, people who are single or people who are dating about something like this? But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that there's so... You know, sometimes I, like, long for, like, man, it would have been really nice to, you know, be able to go on a trip all by myself or, you know, <laughs> or, like, to really kind of, like, learn who I was early on. Um, like I said, I wouldn't take any of that back. But, um, you know, trying to deal with a lot of that now um, has just been really, really difficult. Um, so you know, spend that time really getting to know who you are. And it'll just be like, if you do end up getting in a relationship, it'll be so much healthier. Like I, I, I really truly feel if it's, you know, if it's right. Um, and you won't have to unpack things for years and years and years. And also teach your kids about masturbation and the correct name for body parts. Mm-hmm. That's really important. <laughs> that will be in the show notes. Yeah. We'll give you some <laughs> material that you can share. Um, you guys, this was fantastic. Yeah, thank um, you so much. Thank you so, so much. Good. This is insightful and um, I also think helpful for a lot of people. And, um, you know, we say this all the time. It's stuff that it's not talked about and people aren't getting. And so, um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Okay.